0: hello and welcome to this edition of the Wildcat scoop podcast. My name is Jason Shear, senior editor of WildcatAuthority.com and we are about 24 hours away from Arizona versus Colorado in a game that is much bigger than we probably thought it would be at the beginning uh, of the of the year. Um, it, it probably doesn't mean much this early on, but it's fun to say that this game is for sole place of the pac 12 South. So even though it's, it's two games in, should Arizona win, we could at least say for a week that Arizona was in first place in the Pac-12 South. Um, maybe make T-shirts. We'll see. But uh, with that being said, before we get started with any Colorado talk, uh, it makes sense to take a look at the UCLA game. I'm not going to go too much into it because I, I realize it's the end of the week already. Had some some things which kind of prevented us from doing a UCLA recap. Uh, won't happen again with the Colorado game either way, but. Uh, it would make sense for us to look at Grant Gunnell in his first start uh, as a freshman, second career game. Uh, you know, overall, uh, I would say the verdict was, was a pretty good one. Um, got word, personally, on about Thursday that it was a possibility that Grant Gunnell uh, would start. I think sometimes in this business, um, there's benefits to reporting things and breaking news um, and other times there are situations where breaking news isn't necessarily the best route to go. Uh, in this case, um, you know, I, a lot of times I have a personal policy of not breaking news if it deals with strategy. And I think that breaking news that Grant Cannell was likely to start 48 hours before the game, allowing UCLA to adjust, things like that, uh, wouldn't have been a positive for Arizona overall. Um, either way, we broke the story um, that Grant Cannell was going to start, so it, it worked out. Either way, from a, from a business standpoint and a personal standpoint. But uh, with, with Grant Cannell, basically, he, he took all the reps the week leading up to the game. Sorry, the week of the bye week. And then the week leading up to the game, uh, Khalil take, Tate took some reps. Not as many as he normally would during a normal game week. It looked on, early on in the week as if he could possibly start. Uh, I posted on the message board that he was looking better. I believe I posted that on Sunday night or whatever. But uh, later in the week, it just, it just didn't happen for him. I don't know if he took a, a hit during practice or whatever it may have been, um, but it just didn't work out uh, for him in practice. He got kind of banged up again, and, and that was that. Because at the end of the day, uh, whether you're a fan of Khalil Tate or not, uh, I think the thing that we can all agree on is if Khalil Tate's not running the ball, there's little reason to start him. He, he's just not going to be the normal quarterback Uh, that we've grown accustomed to seeing. He's not a pocket passer. He wouldn't say he's a pocket passer. Um, He's at his best when he's able to get out of the pocket and run and kind of make plays with his legs and force defenses into awkward situations. And um, even as a pocket passer, maybe Arizona beats UCLA. uh, Maybe it doesn't. But at the end of the day, it's not worth risking the injury if you plan on bringing him back. Um, And and he's just not the same player. So Grant Gannell gets the start. Uh, and played well. I think early on, you could tell it was his first start ever. Um, you know, he uh, his throws were a little high. Uh, he missed some guys that he probably had some throws that he would like back. And that's normal freshman nerves. Uh, I mean, it, it's inevitable. Very few freshmen come out and, and just dominate and hit all their throws right away. And Grant Cannell uh, is on a long list of freshmen that, that didn't do it, which is fine. Um, He had the touchdown to to Bam Smith, the 74-yard touchdown, I believe it was. And uh, when that happened, I I tweeted at the time that Ganell has confidence and that people watch out, basically. And and that's kind of what happened. Uh, From there on out, uh, he played well. I mean, he went 8-for-8 in the fourth quarter, made some nice throws. I think his best throw of the game, there were two of them. Uh, The one to Bam Smith, coincidentally, for the 21-yard gain late in the game. Uh, And then he had the play where he evaded a sack. Stepped up in the pocket and made a throw on the run for a first down, and um, that's the difference between him and Khalil Tate. Not saying it's good, not saying it's bad, but Khalil Tate would have obviously taken off in that situation, as I think the the ESPN announcers mentioned at the time. Grant Cannell stays in the pocket, steps up in the pocket, uh, and completes the throw. So uh, they're different guys. I mean, they're different quarterbacks. The reality is, you know, it, it's kind of a a taste. You know, what do you would you rather have? Khalil Tate, who could make things happen with his uh, with his legs, but probably isn't as good of a thrower as Grant Cannell, or would you have Grant Cannell, who can run a little bit, but you're not going to ask him to kind of change games uh, with the way that he runs. So, moving forward, I mean, I, it feels like Khalil Tate is the guy, as long as he's healthy. As of this podcast, no one's gotten word uh, of who's starting. I will say that the feeling around the program is that Grant Cannell will probably get the start. But they are keeping things hush-hush. I mean, it is super quiet. I don't even think that they've told the Pac-12 network in the lead-up to the game. Um, they, they are being very, very quiet because it's a strategy thing. I mean, it, it would be different if it was, uh, you know, Grant Cannell or Rhett Rodriguez because both of them are, you know, drop-back quarterbacks. But, the, you know, truth be told, you can't have two opposite quarterbacks, more opposite quarterbacks than Khalil Tate and Grant Gunnell. One is a pure pocket passer with the ability to run once in a while, and the other one is a runner with the ability to pass deep or pass intermediate once in a while. And so they're very different in the way you prepare. The installations have to be different. In Colorado, whether they admit it or not, and they probably won't, uh, it makes practice more difficult for them. It makes game planning more difficult because you have to plan completely different. They have to have a game plan for Khalil Tate. They have to have a game plan for Grant Gunnell. And they're going to be different unless Colorado is uh, confident that it's Grant Cannell and they choose to focus more on that way or they're confident it's Khalil Tate and they choose to focus more on that way. uh, You're really testing the defense with your ability to install what you want and and be successful. Uh, I mean, because you really are preparing for for very different things. And so it'll be very interesting uh, to see. We're, We're not going to know the starter probably until 20 minutes before the game or until they warm up. Um, just because that's, that's how Arizona rolls. And, and I don't have a problem with it. Um, you know, it's similar to, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem with really most of the way that Arizona handles things. I know there's some controversy locally that Kevin Sumlin doesn't make Grant Cannell available to the media because he's a true freshman. Um, you know, that might bother some people. It doesn't bother me because it's consistent. It's been a consistent policy since he was at A&M. And Johnny Menzel's first year in the program, he's winning Heisman Trophies, and he still didn't speak to the media until it was all over. So, you know, it, it, it's no matter who starts this weekend, whether it's Khalil Tate or Grant Cannell, I, I don't think there's any argument against the fact that Grant Cannell is the future of this program. And I know Kevin Doyle uh, is still on the roster at the Scout Team QB. Uh, there are rumors that he would transfer because he's the Scout Team QB. I mean, you keep it in perspective right now and you look at the depth chart and and here's a guy like Kevin Doyle who hasn't beaten out Luke Ashworth, you know, week five into the season or whatever it is. But, um, you know, Kevin Doyle's thinking for not transferring is that uh, it'll be an open competition next year. Um, I disagree with that. I don't think it's an open competition, but that is the the line of thinking coming from his camp, I should say. Um, Arizona's bringing in Will Plummer, who I like uh, as a prospect, but he's not going to come in and start as a true freshman over Grant Gunnell. Um, Arizona could go the route and get a grad transfer quarterback, but I don't think that makes any sense. So really, it, it's kind of all signs point um, to Grant Gunnell being the, the starting quarterback for Arizona for the next four years. Um, you know, it, the, the interesting aspect of that is that he's played in two games. Um, should he play this week, that would be his third, which only gives him one more game than anything after that. He burns his redshirt. So... It'll be interesting to see what happens if Grant Cannell does play well this weekend. Um, Do they just go back to Khalil Tate? Or do you say, look, this is the future of the program. He's won two games already for us. He went on the road and beat Colorado. You know, if he plays well, uh, it's a much more difficult decision. If he plays poorly, Arizona loses. It becomes an easier decision for the coaching staff. So that's kind of another hidden story there, especially when you consider that Khalil Tate has played in four games this year and still has a redshirt available. i not trying to start a major quarterback controversy. I think there's a long way to go in that regard before that can be seriously discussed. But there are kind of a lot of options at play, a lot of kind of mini stories um, to look at in terms of everything going on around the program and around the quarterback uh, position. Either way, uh, I think that you can feel better about Arizona's quarterback position. You know, I think Grant Cannell, Um, You know, I've I've heard the criticism, the fact that he doesn't have a strong arm, but here he is making pretty much most of the throws that Arizona required him to make. Um, So I think he does have an awkward release, but, um, you know, you don't change releases. No, Mazzoni has said you don't change releases. Uh, David Yost, he's a really solid offensive coordinator. Um, I wrote an article the week of the Texas Tech game that says, you know, he he said that a quarterback's release is always going to be his release. It is a waste of time to change it because at the end of the day, he's always going to go back to what he's comfortable with. And um, for Greg and it's worked for him. I mean, this kid is literally, statistically, the best passer in Texas high school football history. So if you want to complain about his release, so be it. But just know that you're complaining about a, guy, a guy's release who is literally the best statistical passer in Texas state history. So his release can't be too bad. Um, moving forward, uh, you know, it, it's... Somewhat difficult to preview the Colorado game because of that quarterback question. Uh, but to me, I'm not necessarily sure it's going to come down to offense for Arizona. Because I think whether it's Grant Canell or Khalil Tate, I think Arizona is going to put up some points. Uh, if it's Grant Canell, I think he's more comfortable. I'm really curious to see what happens on the road. Um, in a hostile environment, Colorado is going to be sold out. If it's not sold out, it's going to be like a few hundred tickets. So it's pretty much sold out. Um, but either way, I think Arizona scores some points. J.J. Taylor, uh, it's an injury from what I understand that's going to linger a little bit, but he could very well give it a go. He hasn't been ruled out for this weekend. There's a legit possibility, and I think what people have to realize about J.J. Taylor is he is one of the toughest, if not the toughest kid on the team. If he is not playing because of an injury, it is a very real injury. That's why he dressed the other day, because he wants to be part of the team. He wants to play. It was kind of an emergency situation. He can't run as well as normal, but he's a guy where uh, he's going to want to give it a go. Unless he absolutely can't do it, he's going to wake up on Saturday and probably try to convince the coaching staff to to let him play. If he doesn't play, uh, it's definitely a loss, but the good thing is that it's not as big of a loss as it would be for other positions. Arizona has Bam Smith, who played awesome against UCLA. Gary Brightwell is probably a better NFL prospect than J.J. Taylor, maybe a better overall running back, and then they still have guys like Michael Wiley and Nathan Tilford who can get a few carries a game and be successful. One thing I really liked that Noel Mazzoni did on Saturday against UCLA was knowing that Taylor was out and knowing that UCLA, as bad of a football team as that is, is actually pretty good on the interior of the defense, uh, on the defensive line and inside and so what they did is they attacked the edges, and they did those little jet sweeps with, with Brian Castile in the first two plays of the game, and uh, they worked out well. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see that again this week. Uh, they're actually considered passes, even though they're pretty much run plays. Uh, but that's something that I really like that Noma Zoni did to make Grant Canel comfortable and kind of get the offense going, and that's something that I look for this weekend uh, as well. Um, Colorado's secondary is not very good, and it's made worse by the fact that that if I had a guess now, um, they're going to be missing one of their starting corners. Uh, their right corner, I believe it is, uh, Chris Miller, six foot 190 sophomore. Um, he's a kid where uh, he's their best corner, easily their best corner, and he got hurt against ASU, and right now he's doubtful. Uh, Mel Tucker isn't giving any solid update on him, um, and then a couple other players, um, but right now he's doubtful. So the passing game is going to work. Uh, I would be surprised if Arizona isn't able to move the ball in the air. Um, they have a good safety. Colorado does. Mikael Un- Onu, a uh, transfer from SMU. I like him quite a bit, but he's really inconsistent. Uh, struggles in coverage. Makes nice plays, but then he's the type of player similar to, to Scotty Young a little bit, in that he'll make a nice play. Um, and then next game or next play, kind of screw up, and then you're like, all right, what, what happened? But um, their secondary isn't great Arizona's going to be able to move the ball on them or at least should. And, and so, um, they can do that. And, and also another injury, of course, this game comes down to injuries on both sides of the ball. The real injury to watch out for on the Colorado defense besides Miller is Mustafa Johnson. He's the best player on that defense. And, and Colorado has some good players on that defense. Mustafa Johnson from, uh, from, from what I understand is 50, 50 to play on Saturday. If they're missing him, I would put that loss right up there with LaVisca Chenault. should he not play. Because, uh, you know, Chenault, if he doesn't play, they still have talent at the position, Colorado. If Mustafa Johnson doesn't play, um, they lose quite a bit of talent. He's a uh, 6'2", 300-pound junior defensive end, really good player. Uh, The problem is if he's gone, they're playing a true freshman or a sophomore uh, with limited experience. So here's a guy where... Um, he 's the one to watch in terms of whether or not he plays because I think if he doesn 't play uh, they 're not getting that pass rush that they want on whether it 's Khalil Tate or grant cannell and if Colorado's not getting a pass rush, that secondary is not good enough to hold up, and arizona's going to score uh, going to score some points. Um, they do have a very good inside lap linebacker in Nate Lehman who gets quite a bit of attention, but I would probably put Miller and Johnson as better overall defenders and more impactful defenders. Um, on that team, but Colorado's is a, a weird team. Uh, uh, you know, they, they've allowed quite a few points this season. Um, but their second half defense has improved. Um, it, it, it's, it, there's talent on that defense, but they're really inconsistent. Like they're, they're similar to Arizona was earlier in the season where they're right there, but they can't get over that hump. Arizona has seemingly gotten over that hump against Texas tech and UCLA. I think we'll find out better this week, because I think Colorado is a much better offensive team than both of those teams, Um, but it'll be interesting, because there's still uh, things that Arizona could take advantage of. Colorado plays a 3-4 base, Um, they're going to play three defensive linemen, they have a star back, which is a linebacker, safety hybrid, and sometimes they'll bring them up, Um, but Arizona should, technically on paper, be able to run the ball. Uh, Defensively, let's just get right to it. Because at the end of the day, Arizona's defense is going to win or lose this game. 100% convinced that this game is coming down to Arizona's defense. So the question is, what is Arizona's defense? Is Arizona's defense the defense against uh, that we saw against Hawaii? Or is Arizona's defense uh, the defense that we saw against Texas Tech and UCLA? My gut tells me it's somewhere in between. Um, as it turns out, Hawaii's offense... Really good. Killing teams. 4-1. Um, and one. Only game they lost was to Washington. Arizona's going to lose to Washington also. So uh, no shame in that. But um, Hawaii's a good offensive team. And so uh, all of a sudden there's kind of, as each week goes by, there's less shame in letting up a lot of points on why Hawaii team. Not necessarily losing the game, but the defensive performance. Um, and then Texas Tech, UCLA, they played well. Uh, generally speaking, the, the defense played well, well enough to win. Obviously, and uh, this game it is going to come down to, to defense. And you take a look at what Colorado wants to do, and, and in my opinion, the defensive philosophy for Arizona is, is really simple. Uh, Steven Montez is a really good quarterback. He's an NFL quarterback. He's a quarterback where don't be surprised if you hear his name mentioned uh, with the first round quarterback being drafted in the first round. I, I mean, he's that good, he's becoming very highly regarded. Great size, 6'5", 230, experienced quarterback, has everything that you need. The one knock on him is that when he is under pressure, he is, his game completely changes. And I realize that you could say that for a lot of quarterbacks, but he is flat out not good when he is on the run. He makes bad decisions. His arm strength disappears. He is not a good quarterback when he is on the run. So Arizona strategy should be clear. Get him on the run. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Arizona does that. Uh, you know, one thing that I look for this game is, uh, Jalen Harris has to be on the field more, um, after the, the game against UCLA, if you look at the numbers of, of guys that were on the field defensively, uh, in the snaps, uh, it was crazy. Just kind of reading some, I mean, you'll see why it's crazy right away. Uh, among the defensive linemen, the guy that got the most was Justin Belknap with 55 snaps. That's a lot. All right, next up with Fenton Connolly, 43. J.B. Brown, 42. Trevon Mason, 40. Miles Tapasoa, 30. Kylan Wilburn, 21. Sorry, Jalen Harris, 25. Kylan Wilburn, 21. Jalen Harris got half the snaps of Justin Belknap. Less than half. Um, when, when Kevin Sumlin was asked about it at his Monday press conference, he basically said it was because UCLA wasn't subbing and the defense could only sub when the offense subs, thus they were keeping guys like Jalen Harris off the field. And he said afterwards, he realizes that, um, that needs to be addressed. Obviously the way to address it is you just keep Jalen Harris off, on the, off the <laughs> you just keep Jalen Harris on the field. Uh, and, and then you don't have to worry. Uh, about that, I, I was thinking of his brother Jason Harris, who's a Arizona recruit who's at the game. So probably not a good look for uh, Jalen Harris to only play 25 snaps. But my guess is you see him a lot more. They'll need those quick guys off the edges to get Montez running. They'll go with that three linebacker set, is my guess, with Pandy uh, and, and company. And uh, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see the way they uh, they attack now. Again, my guess is that they go the, the three-linebacker route. They could choose to, to play more defensive backs and, and play Whitaker in the slot and go with Roland Wallace on the outside. I think some of it could have to do with whether or not Chenault plays um, or they just might go into the game with, with their regular old strategy. It, it, again, Marcel Yates and what he chooses to do uh, is going to play a, a big role because Colorado has very good receivers. Uh, they got Tony Brown, 6'1", 195, scored three touchdowns against ASU. Really dangerous wide receiver. They got Katie Nixon, who's only five eight, really fast. Uh, one of the best kick returners in the nation. Colorado's top five in the nation in kick returns, I believe. And, and then they got uh, Dimitri Stanley. Excited. So they have other guys. Uh, they have good size at the position. Um, but obviously, you know, if Shadaw plays, that changes everything because you have to account for him. I mean, he's a first round talent. He puts up stupid numbers. He, when he plays is most, you know, more than 50% of their offense. So, uh, my guess from, from what I understand from what I've been told by the the Colorado publisher, Adam, uh, is that his guess is that Chanel plays. And I think if he plays, he obviously changes everything around. Um, do you trust putting Roland Wallace on him? Lorenzo Burns? How do you kind of, uh, line up and kind of figure things out. Um, You're asking a a freshman like Roland Waller or Bobby Wolf a lot to cover Chenault, but you could also say, hey, Chenault's going to get his. It's the other guys, the run game that we have to worry about more. Um, So it'll be interesting to see if Arizona plays more nickel, if they go with uh, Whitaker at the bandit position, um, or if they they kind of play more of a a normal straight-up defense, similar to what we saw against UCLA. That was a little bit just straight-up. Um, we're better than you type of deal. Um, Colorado is going to pass the ball quite a bit, but that doesn't mean that their run game isn't good. Uh, They have decent running backs. um, Not dominant. I mean, they don't run the ball like Arizona runs the ball, but Alex Fontenot is a six-foot tailback sophomore who's solid. Jaron Mangum is a freshman who's solid. Um, Strong backs, especially when they get to the hole, they put their foot in and and they get going. Not as strong as a guy like Gary Brightwell, um, but similar running Style, so um, you know it, there's just there's a lot on Colorado's offense uh, that is going to kind of challenge Arizona. Uh, Fontenot has 309 yards, four touchdowns this season, 74 yards a game. Uh, but the thing, the, the big thing is he has two 20-yard runs in and, and seven runs for more than 10 yards. Mangum is more of a, a five-yard type of guy, uh, averages like 40 yards a game. And then if Chanel plays, they'll give him uh, some carries. Uh, as well. What's crazy about Chenault is he has nine carries and has one 20-yard run. All the other running backs on the team have two uh, combined. So um, it, it, it's it's an interesting scenario for Arizona's defense because um, they have to decide, Marcel Yates has to decide if he believes um, Arizona's defense is good enough to stop the run straight up and they're going to go play the passing and play some zone. Or if... Uh, if they're gonna kind of mix things up, either way, I think they have to blitz. They have to be aggressive. Uh, they have to get to Montez because if not, um, he will make them pay. Um, he's been sacked five times this season, which isn't you know a lot, um, but he tends to, to panic under pressure. Um, what What's interesting uh, about Colorado is there's such a big gap offensively and defensively uh, by quarter. Um, and it's something that I noticed the other day when looking at stats, but I have it right in front of me, um, first quarter, generally even, uh, second quarter opponents have outscored Colorado 59 to 27, but in the third quarter, Colorado has outscored opponents 28 to six and the fourth quarter 54 to 31. So it's like the complete opposite in the second quarter, Colorado has been dominated In the third quarter, they dominate uh, after the half. Um, it, it's, you know, sometimes it's a coincidence a lot of times it has to do with conditioning. Colorado considers itself to be a, a strong-conditioned team. You can make the argument that Mel Tucker is very good at making adjustments. Um, but either way, it's the type of situation where, um, you know, Arizona's got to be careful in, in that third quarter, make sure it comes out a halftime strong, um, and, and kind of sets the tone. And I think Scotty Young, when I talked to him on Tuesday, um, said it well when he said basically, you know, it, the defense wants to set the tone. Uh, if you ask him if they want a coin toss, um, you know, what would they do? And, and he said, I want the ball – sorry, I want to be on the field right away because I think if the defense sets the tone, uh, the game changes. Now, if Grant Ganell starting, I think it makes sense uh, for Arizona to put him on the field right away and, and get him comfortable and, and see what he can do. But uh, it, it's – you know, this game is it, – it's it's just – it's an interesting one because these teams are really, really similar. Um, you kind of go down the line: uh, third down conversion defense. Both teams are awful. Colorado's one sixteen, Arizona's one twenty one. Um, tackles for loss: Colorado's actually worse than Arizona—one twenty five. Arizona's one ten. Uh, tackles for loss allowed, though, um, Colorado is only is thirty fifth in nation. Arizona's one twelve, uh, mostly because of Khalil Tate. And running and, and things like that. Um, Colorado's a solid punt team. Um, Arizona's actually the, the fifth best punt return team in the country. Um, kickoff return Colorado's number two. And I mentioned earlier the top five. Arizona's 116. It, it's just it's uh, turnovers gained. Both teams are sixth in the nation, tied for 11th. The only difference is Arizona's lost one more turnover. Uh, Colorado's second in the nation in turnover margin. Arizona's sixth. Uh, interceptions, Arizona's number one in the nation with nine, but Colorado's right there uh, 25th, so time of possession is pretty much equal strength of record, pretty much equal schedule strength, Colorado's had a little bit more difficult due in large part to the Nebraska game, uh, which Colorado was able to come back um, and win so it's just it's one of these games where I don't have a a great feel for it. it it's it's basically, it's kind of, you know, it's almost like a mirror type of game where I look at Arizona and I see Colorado. I look at Colorado and I see Arizona. And when that happens, you kind of tend to go with the home team because, you know, while I think Grant Gannell, let's just assume he gets the start. I think Grant Ganell is has a very, very bright future and is a good quarterback right now. I think you're asking a lot for a kid to go on the road and a second career start and win a football game in a hostile, sold out environment on family weekend against a team where Arizona's going to have to put up uh, points more often than not to win the game. Um, If it's Khalil Tate starting, uh, you know, is he going to run normal? Is he completely healthy? If he gets hit, what happens? Is he going to get up and run, or is he going to go back to the Khalil Tate that we saw last season Um, that just wasn't very effective? And as I sit here, it's been an entire podcast about how it's going to be an offensive game. Am I reminded of the Texas Tech game? In which both offenses looked awful until until Arizona made that drive uh, or two at the end of the game. So I picked Colorado forty-two to thirty-eight, but I don't feel good about it uh, at all. I I really don't. Um, You know, it's a game where if Arizona wins, I do consider it a minor upset um, overall. When you look at the meaning of the game, you know, I've said this the last three weeks and this is probably the last week that I'll say it for a while because I don't expect Arizona to beat Washington and I expect Arizona to lose a couple games after that. But if Arizona wants to make a bowl game, this is one of those games where it has to win. Colorado's a winnable game on the road. Other games on the schedule, not so winnable, or at least they shouldn't be. Arizona wins on Saturday. All of a sudden it has four wins this season, two more wins and it's in a bowl two wins on the rest of that schedule, you know, figuring Oregon State is one of them and maybe they get a win here or there, very doable. Three wins, I think you kind of start running into trouble. Um, So it's a big game, and I think, you know, I I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but if Arizona wins this game, all of a sudden you have a team that's won four games in a row, has momentum, and when you have momentum and you're well-coached and you have some talent on both sides of the ball, things things happen. And the Pac-12 South, um, I'm not going on a limb and saying Arizona's going to win it. The Pac-12 South uh, isn't good, so it, it's it's the quality that Arizona can actually make uh, a little bit of noise, but if you're looking for overall keys, I think it's simple. I think uh, Arizona needs to get off to a fast start. I think it needs some pressure. Montez, and, and the third is I, no stupid penalties. Those came back against UCLA. You saw some really dumb penalties. Josh McCauley uh, was kind of out of character with the three penalties in the first half, want at bouncing back and playing better in the second. But you cannot do that on the road um, and expect to win football games. So uh, it's an exciting one in Boulder. As of now, Arizona is a four point underdog. Um, so I'm again, I'm picking Colorado. The other two staff riders will have our staff picks out later in the day. Uh, they both picked Colorado. My wife is in the living room yelling at me uh, that she's picking Arizona because of Gary Brightwell. So, if she's right and uh, we're all wrong, then maybe we should make some changes to the Wildcat Authority staff. Uh, We'll see. So, uh, with that being said, I appreciate you guys for joining me. I will have a game recap much quicker than I did for the UCLA game if Arizona wins or loses, Um, and we'll definitely get a podcast going next week as well. And also, keep an eye on Saturday for the weekend. We're going to do a special deal for non-members that I think you're really going to like. So, Make sure you follow me on Twitter, at Jason Shear, at AZ Authority for the website. Uh, and I thank you again for joining me. It's been the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I'm Senior Editor Jason Shear, and uh, bear down.